Hello everyone, this is Latasha Blanton from the Real South Africa Travel and Tourism. You're going to have the opportunity to travel with Phil Scott to... Sunny South Africa. You guys are going to have the opportunity to come to Johannesburg and you guys are going to be coming to Durban. And we're going to set it up perfectly. It's going to be like a luxury experience for you guys. At the same time, you're going to be getting some culture. And of course, you're going to get an opportunity to talk to Phil, hang out with Phil and get his views on Africa and South Africa. You're also going to get an opportunity to explore the lifestyles here that are available in South Africa. And we're going to do all that for you in an amazing 10 days. We do hope that you go to the website and book because we do look forward to seeing you here. Absolutely. Our website is therealsouthafrica.com. Go there, scroll down. You'll see a picture of Phil and just go ahead and book there. So we'll see you here in what we like to call sunny, sunny South, South Africa. Africa. You know, when the coup in Niger happened, the most interesting thing was not the condemnation of the coup or the condemnation of the things that led to the coup. It was just France being very keen and insisting that President Mohamed Bazoum has to be brought back to power. They did not care that the people of Niger were happy that there was a coup. They did not care to interrogate why did this coup even happen. They did not care to even try and hold the president accountable to as to why everything led to that coup. They were just like, you know what? We don't care about you. We don't care about your coup. We don't care about your quest for independence and, and economic um, stability. All we want is Mohammed Bazoum back in power. Ask yourself a couple of questions. Why is France so keen to put back an ousted president into office? One of the key things that we've seen um, amongst uh, these uh, coups and uh, foiled coups, this has, especially in the Sahel, is the influence of uh, international um, you know, countries, is the influence of international um, links and connections between these coups. And geopolitics has become a very strong point. For example, in the situation of Mali, the Malian government has said that France uh, is responsible for the increase and for aiding and abetting some of these jihadist groups in the region. So they are now leaning uh, towards uh, countries like Russia and China. I think African countries you know, need to look towards you know, having some kind of a, um, a united front towards coup d'etat. Well, hello there. How are you doing? Welcome to another episode of our conversations. My name is Ndoro Ganga. I'm a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator. I love coming on here and having conversations with you guys about black people, Africans, our empowerment and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. You can connect with me on social media at Ndoro Ganga on all digital platforms. This is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let's get to the video of the day. This is one of the most objective analysts that I have heard in the recent times. Because most of the time when we talk about coups and political instability in Africa, we talk about it as if it happens in a vacuum, you know? These, oh, these Africans, they cannot govern themselves. Oh, these Africans are so backward. Oh, that's why we colonize them, so we can give them some form of democracy. Oh, these Africans, this, these Africans, that. And it's almost made the sole responsibility of Africa and Africans. And we solely complete that, ignore the fact that political instability is such a big thing. It doesn't happen overnight. First of all, let's start there. It doesn't happen overnight. By the time people are willing to risk their lives and get out in the streets, either to protest or in support of a military coup, they've had it. 
People are not foolish. Africans are not stupid. We know that military regimes are not in our country. That's why they're democratic regimes, because when there's democracy, there's strengthened institutions that ensure justice, law, and order prevail. The military operates with scotch earth policy. They ban anything and everything that's, that is on their way, and nobody can hold them accountable, particularly if you don't have stable and steady democratic institutions. The military will operate with impunity, more impunity than civilian-led governments. The people know this. Yet they say, Kufa Dereva, Kufa Makanga. That's a Swahili slang for, if it's bad, it's bad. You know, let the driver die, let the bus conductor die, let the bus crash. At this point, we really do not care. We just want a change in leadership and a change in regime with the hope that things will get a little bit better for us. You understand? We ignore all this. We're just like, oh, look at these Africans, look at these Africans. The other thing that is always very much ignored is the fact that African leaders are aided and abated by the West. They really are. Bad leaders are darlings in the West. And I'll tell you why. Because they enable impunity. The West knows that this is a greedy person. This is an immoral person. This is someone that doesn't have the interests of the people at heart. And that is our leverage. We'll give them a couple of visas, we'll give them a couple of houses, we'll give them a couple of cars. Anytime they want money, we'll gladly lend it to them for as long as our multinationals get contracts in their countries to exploit their natural resources. Nobody will, will be keen to read these contracts. Nobody will look into the details because they're greedy, you know, and they aid and abet these people. And that's why France wants President Mohammed Bazoum in power so that they can continue getting access to uranium while 80% of Niger does not have power. Make it make sense to me. Make it make sense. And now analysts are beginning to come out and while they're condemning the coups and poor leadership on the African continent, they're beginning to point out the hand of God, the shadow hand that is moving things on the African continent. This is a very worrying concern and, and it shows that democracy is becoming a second place. So the main reason is that democracy is failing the people and the military is stepping in um, in that gap and this is what is happening across the Sahel as we've recently seen in Burkina Faso. I think one of the reasons why the coup in Burkina Faso has happened is the Burkina Bay government um, has not had an effective strategy uh, to deal uh, with the jihadist situations. The regional coordination in managing the jihadist flow uh, from Libya to Mali, from Mali to the borders with Burkina Faso and Niger has been very poor. And what we've seen is an increase in the capacity of jihadist groups to continuously occupy ungoverned spaces you know, within these countries. And that has directly affected the economic uh, situation of these nations. So what we're seeing here is a repeat of uh, what happened in, in Mali. It is the same thing that is happening in, in Burkina Faso. One of the biggest challenges of uh, the current increase in coup d'etats is that, for example, uh, the ECOWAS countries that have been impacted much more are experiencing um, less and less confidence in democratic processes. So this is really a, a major concern um, within the region because as long as coups continue to succeed, coups will continue to take place. So um, it's a big challenge for the region. It's a big challenge for the African continent, for the African Union. One of the key things that we've seen um, amongst uh, these uh, coups and uh, foiled coups that has, especially in the Sahel, is the influence of uh, international 
um, you know, countries is the inflow of international um, links and connections between these schools. And geopolitics has become a very strong point. For example, in the situation of Mali, the Malian government has said that France uh, is responsible for the increase and for aiding and abetting some of these jihadist groups in the region. So they are now leaning uh, towards uh, countries like Russia and China. I think African countries you know, need to look towards you know, having some kind of a, um, a united front towards who it has. Uh, but, but also, I think each government needs to look at its unique situation, development, and security should be based on a country's capacity. So I am looking towards an Africa, you know, where each African country will, you know, look at its um, unique uh, um, characteristics, but also work as a team, you know, because Africa is a continent, you know, that could be very powerful, you know, if it has peace, security, and stability. Well, thank you very much for watching. That's all I had for you in this episode. Comment down below what your thoughts are on, you know, this new tone that analysts are taking in condemning the coups that are happening on the African continent. My name is Antonio Ganga. I'll see you again next time.